This is the time and again home service. During these dark, difficult days, take a moment to turn up your wireless and listen to this week's episode of Greyhounds, made in association with Yorkshire Air Museum. And remember, your courage, your cheerfulness, and your resolution will bring us victory. Rehearsal hasn't started yet. Snagged me stocking on the door frame, and it's the last pair I've got, so I had to make sure the beastly thing didn't run. Oh, who's died? No one's died. We're all sitting here, as you can see, quite alive. Well, I only meant that there seems to We're be. We're looking at Act Four, Scene One this evening. I'm so sorry I'm late. I couldn't get Mrs. White to stop talking. She's left the flags for the hall. We've just two weeks to go. Now we're showing the plans for the St George's Parade. It's quite the military operation. We're in front of the Scouts, aren't we? No, dear, in front of the Home Guard. The Scouts are going head to players in with military fanfare. Oh, how are ticket sales going? My niece is looking forward to it very much. Oh, so's Auntie P. She says it'll be like going to the pictures right here in Shuttlefield. Have we sorted the tea and coffee arrangements? I think the Willow were interested in providing some extra provisions, as long as we put their name on the poster. Mrs White won't like that. Won't she? (gasps) Oh no, she despises the Willow. It's owned by Mr Farthing, you know, the one who said, well, all that. To her husband. Oh, really? I'd ask the village hall committee. Mm, Much safer. Less explosive. Are we starting or not? Yes, thank you, my dear. There's quite a firm hand on the rudder. No need to worry. Uh, If we push these chairs to one side... Do you want them to stand in as tents again? Yes, that's the spirit. Now, if you cast aside your day-to-day humdrum thoughts and adopt instead your theatrical mind... The king is undercover in the camp of his troops. He wants to hear the honest opinions of his men. Can you hear the fire crackling? The horses snorting. (sniffs) Perhaps there's a light breeze. (sighs) Right, let's assume positions. Do you remember where you stood, my dear? No, not there, Catherine. We shan't be needing the sorts for this scene, Mrs Holt. Uh, Will, if you could. Will. I dare say you love him not so ill to wish him here alone. Howsoever, you speak this to feel other men's minds. Methinks I could not die anywhere so contented as in the king's company, his cause being just, and his quarrel honourable. But if the cause be not good, the king himself hath a heavy reckoning to make, when all those legs and arms and heads chopped off in a battle shall join together at the latter day and cry all, We died at such a place. I am afeard there are few die well that die in a battle, for how can they charitably dispose of anything when blood is their argument? I'm sorry, I can't do this. Ned? What is it? Did you know? Did she know what? About him. All this time we thought he was unfit for service, that he's been doing his bit. But I found out from old Mr Stewart. You found out what? He's a bloody conscientious objector. He's refused to fight. Is that true? Yes. Don't just stand there and say yes like that. My brother died last year fighting for his country. He was only 19. And what were you doing? Hiding in the fields? Really, that's enough, Edward. You knew, didn't you? I think perhaps we should all calm down. Yes, I knew. Of course you did. 
Oh, that's just the sort of idea you'd like. To hell with a lot of you! I'm not going to rub shoulders with some damn coward! People like you think your precious words matter so much, but they don't. I've been up there and I've seen it, and it's actions! It's, it's what you... It's what you do that counts. I'll find him. You should have told us, Will. You should have been honest, at least. Yes, perhaps uh, we all should have been honest. Are we... Are we not finishing the rehearsal? You come with me, Pip. I'll make us a nice cup of tea. Catherine. I didn't hide. I want you to know that. I didn't hide. If I'd wanted to do that, I would have signed up with the rest of them. Oh, hell. Horse, you gallant princes, straight to horse! Do but behold yon poor and starved band, and your fair show shall suck away their souls, leaving them but the shales and husks of men. There is not work enough for all our hands, scarce blood enough in all their sickly veins to give each naked curtlack sustain. Let us but blow on them, the vapour of our valour will o'erturn them. What's to say? A very little, little let us do, and all is done. Then let the trumpet sound, the tucket sonance, and the note to mount. For our approach shall so much dare the field, that England shall couch down in fear and yield. Good morning, gentlemen. You're out early, Mr Jones. Up with the lark. Uh, we're on an excursion. He's taking me to see the church. Oh, this is Edith, my niece. She's from Leeds, you know. Oh, very fancy. Oh, not really. How are you liking the village? I think it's lovely. Such a pretty part of the world. And I'm very excited to see the church. I used to arrange the flowers in our parish at home. Why are you down here? I thought you usually started in the upper field. What we do. Right. So much green space. And it's so nice not to spend a night hiding under the kitchen table. Don't you have a shelter? Yes, but it's much warmer in the house. Hello, Mr Jones. Uh, Will, I, I think... You? We don't want your sort round here. It's delivery day. I need to help. We don't need help from people like you. I think it's best if you just go. Mr Matlock. Mr Matlock didn't know what you were when he took you on. None of us did. To think I shared a drink with you, talk to you like we're on the same side. We are on the same side. Perhaps it would be best if you went up to the farm and... You keep out of this. There's no good shouting at the old man. Um, uh, less of the old, if you don't mind. Pardon, Mr Jones. Here of the moment and all that. Come on, Uncle. You said you'd introduce me to the vicar. We shouldn't keep him waiting. Perhaps you'd like to come with us. 
Sorry, I don't know your name. Me? This is Will Croft. He's... He's a damn coward. That's what. It's only fair she knows. He's a conchy. I'm sure you must know a good walk to the church, Mr Croft. It would be a shame to waste this nice sunshine. My things were up at the farmhouse. Clothes and my books. At least let me come and get them. There's no need. We burnt them. Took them out back with the other rubbish and watched them go up in flames. What? There's nothing left. Then you're no better than the Nazis. Burning books whilst you pat each other on the back. Will. Leave it, Tom. Did you have to say that to him? You burnt his things. Of course we didn't. You're just saying it, aren't you, Bert? Aren't you? Like I said, it was just some rubbish. Good morning. I'm just on my way to meet Joan Cavendish. Nice girl. So good to have her back in the village. But I wanted to call in and check a few things first. Everything going well, I presume? Of course, Mrs White. Everything's going like a dream. Oh, we're a small little group, but we all have spirit. We happy few. We happy, happy few. Couldn't be happier. Have you been reading, Carlyle? That copy was my grandmother's. The King Shakespeare does not he shine in crown sovereignty over us all. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't have put it better myself. What is it, Catherine? Mr Jones says his chainmail is too short. Well, Mrs Henderson only had Wednesday evenings to knit it. She has bridge on Tuesdays and Thursdays. You can see a good three inches above the knee. Though I don't know why the expression is a good three inches, because there was nothing good about it. Oh, for heaven's sake, um, go and see if there's something he can wear under it in the costume hamper. If you're needed elsewhere, I could always come back another day. What? Uh, no, no, Mrs White, that won't be necessary. Uh, just a little fun with the costumes. You were saying? The village hall committee just wanted to check a few things. Mrs Birch was under the impression there would be a song and dance number and asked if she should bring her accordion. Of course not. This is serious theatre, Mrs White, not a music hall. Quite. Now, regarding weaponry, I trust you're using wooden swords. Wooden swords? Yes, of course we are. Yes, of course. Because I heard rumours of a cannon and obviously that... Figurative. Purely figurative. Because the vicar is under the impression... I quite appreciate that he'll be sitting in the front row. Then it seems we understand one another. Wonderful. Excellent. I trust you've booked your ticket. Well, I'll be attending as chairwoman of the committee, so trust I'll be receiving one free of charge. Good morning, Miss Winters. Catherine! Catherine! Run down to Mrs Palmer's and see if Nancy's in. What do you want with Nancy? She'll be at rehearsals later. I know she will. But the question is, will Edward? Ned? What are you doing in the hall at this hour? And with all the lamps off too? That's better. We missed you on Tuesday. 
I've been looking for you. I've been looking for my watch. Turned out the drawers and cupboards last night, went through just about every pocket I own. It was only this morning where I remembered where I had it. I thought the place was bound to be empty, but you're here. Oh. Well, I'll go, if you like. No, don't go. Stay, if you like. All right, I'll stay. Funny chap, Shakespeare. Oh, yes, especially a much do about nothing. (laughs) Saw that one Christmas down at the vaudeville. (laughs) We were in stitches. Not quite my meaning, old girl. I meant, how was he capable of such scope when he spent most of his life bumbling about down in Warwickshire, was it? Search me. Or was it Staffordshire? You know, statistically speaking... Mm, You sound like Catherine. (laughs) Heaven forbid. You know, she solved that crossword in nine and a half minutes. Nine and a half minutes. Only eight people in the country completed it in time, and most of them were pushing the 12-minute deadline. Ned, why are you so angry? Does it really matter so much? Be friends, you English fools, be friends. We have quarrels enough already if you could tell how to reckon. That's what you've come to say, isn't it? You've a husband in the Navy. Doesn't it make your blood boil? He's out there risking his life fighting for his country. The Navy's the best place for him. He's... He's never been one suited to peace. And he knows it, for all his faults. I never thought you were so keen yourself, though, about the war. I mean, some of them love it, don't they? Tin hats on, stirrup pumps at dawn. You can see they won't know what to do with themselves if it's ever over. But you, it's... It's not like that for you. I'm afraid of heights. <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it? Jack used to find it incredibly amusing when we were boys. He was always up a tree or shinning down a drainpipe. Oh. Jack was your brother. Yes, my little brother. Apple of my mother's eye. Shall I make a cup of tea? Why not? If there weren't a wall run, I'd say extra sugar. Helps calm the nerves. But I think they keep the packet locked up in this place. Oh, it'll have to be yesterday's leaves. Nothing wrong with that. They're good for a few cups at least. You must have been able to get hold of better stuff when you're on active service. Oh, bacon and eggs for breakfast. I'd fly plane for that. <laughs> you know nothing about it! After Jack died, I couldn't make it out anymore. I just couldn't see it. He he was so sure, always so utterly sure of everything. And it all just carried on around me, on and on and on. And and every day when I woke up, there was an icy hand clutched around my heart. It had no right to be there. I, I was alive. I was fine. I wasn't in some hospital bed like some of them. But I felt so damn tired. Every day, the minute I woke up... and. And then it happened. I made a mistake, Nancy. We we came down because I made a mistake. Two men dead. Uh, Harris had a daughter who's only six months old. Well, at least at least Will stood up and made his choice. Oh, I was just so tired, so terribly tired. They call me a hero, Nancy. But it's not true. I'm a coward. Drink your tea. You're right, it's not up to much. The first time Bill hit me, I walked straight out. 
told myself I wouldn't stand for it. I wasn't that girl, not me. But the next day I was back there, cooking him breakfast, a smile on my face to cover up the black eye. I knew my folks would never talk to me again if I left him, that I'd never get a job in town, that I'd have no roof over my head. Some called that brave. Staying there, day in, day out, smiling. But it wasn't. It was easier. And now this war's happening and suddenly it doesn't seem so strange for me to be down in London one minute and living with my aunt the next, on my own. So that's my secret, if you want to hear it. I don't want this war to be over because it gives me my freedom. They're all praying for victory and I'm sat here frightened it's going to end. I've been frightened half my life, so if you're a coward, I certainly am. Your husband's called Bill? I know, very Dickensian. That's why I chose it. What do you mean? Nancy Wilde's not my real name, you fool. It's Anna. Anna Collins. But I could hardly go to London with a name like that. Well, I'm very pleased to meet you, Mrs Collins. (laughs) Delighted, Mr Holmes. How did you meet him? Oh, you want the whole love story, with violins and everything? (laughs) We grew up together. Our mothers were next-door neighbours. They used to leave the both of us on the doorstep in our prams to catch the fresh air. (laughs) It was just sort of expected that we'd marry one day. You know, you should talk to him. To your husband? God, no! (laughs) To Will! He said some pretty strong stuff. I'd have punched your lights out myself. <laughs> but see, I think he's a good person at heart. And you're not so bad yourself. And these days we have to cling to all the good ones we can. Even if they are a bit battered and broken. I suppose you want me to stick with this damn play too? Of course I do. That's the only reason I'm here. Everything else is just window dressing. I can't let you down then, can I? I shouldn't think so if you know what's good for you. Sometimes I think Sometimes that... I think too. But it's... Of course, I... I understand. They used to play this in the last lot. My mother used to sing it when I was a baby in that pram. Such a sad song. No, leave it on. It's just so very sad. This was Greyhounds, written by Laura Crow, performed by Time and Again Theatre Company. You have been listening to Fiona Primrose, Laura Crow, Catherine Cowdery, Tim Cooper, Jacqueline Weeble, Jacob Taylor, Paul Wilson, Kendall Boardman, Catherine Reynolds, Samantha Vaughan, Ben Hines, Adam Martin Brooks, and Anthony Morris. Yes, Sir, That's My Baby is written by Walter Donaldson and Gus Kahn. Music arranged and performed by the Easy Rollers. Thank you for listening. Please tune in next time. And remember, keep calm and carry on. When we reach that region.